Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in the pages of Christian Living Magazine. I am so excited to have my new friend, Scott Riggin, who is the worship arts pastor at Eagle Christian Church, in studio with me today. Scott shares his journey with us as the cover story in our current issue of Christian Living Magazine, our eighth anniversary issue. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. Sandy, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing great, doing wonderful. It's it's a pleasure to be here with you. That's cool. Yeah. It's it's so funny. I remember the first time you and I chatted. Okay. It seems like just a few months ago. Oh wait, it was It was just, just a, a few, few months, months ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> um you had been in a coffee shop in Eagle and had found the magazine. Yes. We're eight years old. How did you not know? Oh, anyway. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've seen it around. It just never occurred to me to reach out to you about, you know, about Anything. covering any of my music or writing an article or any of those kinds of things. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And you write beautifully. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Oh, my you. gosh. That Thanks. was so cool. So I laugh. I was, I, and we're not going to cover a lot of the history because it's still a current issue and it's on the stands. But I, I loved the beginning of your article that at the age of three, oh, yeah, you yeah. broke away and went up to sing your first solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was that? Uh, well, I, I don't have, I don't actually remember it myself. Um, I have, you know, what I think many of us have that sort of childhood amnesia <laughs> kind of thing yeah. where, where I, the things I remember are the things that have been recounted many times by my family. Um, but what, what I'm told is that I, I broke away from my mom and ran up on the stage and sang, um, I think it was a song that I had learned on the Flintstones. I believe Pebble and Bam Bam sang Let the Sunshine In. And so I got up there and just belted it. And But here's the important part of the story is when people laughed, it infuriated me because I was not up there to be cute. I was singing for them. And, and how dare they not take me seriously? So even at that young of age, I was a, I don't know, diva? I don't know. <laughs> You were serious. I was serious about it. You yeah, were passionate about but your I, music. I sang all the time. I kind of drove everyone crazy because I just always sang. And um, but but from the very beginning, I I was interested in. I was making up my own little melodies and my own little you know childish little songs and things like that. I I wish that I still had some of because my dad would record on his reel to reel tape machine. He and I singing together, and I know that I sang some of the some of the little songs that I'd made up. But I, those are lost. I'm sure. I, I was I was laughing too. Because you, you commented about your piano lessons. You start yeah, piano lessons uh, at five and, yeah. and how you would play your own melody instead of the sheet music. And, and yeah. I, you know, I, God bless Lila Hill. Um, she was the first person who realized I really had no musical talent. Okay, okay. But she was so loving and kind. Oh, but yeah, I thought, yeah. I, I could just see Lila if I had done that in my piano oh, lessons. Well, for me, <laughs> so a lot of it was, was I, I would memorize pretty instantly, pr- pretty quickly. I would memorize the part and then then I'd just be looking at the wrong sheet music and playing the thing I'd memorized because I couldn't actually read that music. In fact, one of my great regrets is that I've never really seriously studied and um, everything that I've learned. has. In fact, every time I record an album, I have to then go learn what the piano player played that I hired because I'm not going to go in there and take all the time that it would take to actually get it right and make it sound really good. But they always play so much better than I can. And I grow as a player every time I've recorded something just because I've got to reproduce that somehow. So you do know? you play by ear? 
I, I do, but I also like a lot of um, you know church musicians. Um, I, I play just with a chord chart, and a chord chart is just shorthand. It, it it doesn't give you the specifics about the music. You have to already know what the music is. It just kind of gives you a, a kind of cliff notes for you know yeah. for how the song unfolds and what the chord changes are and that kind of thing. So yeah, a, a lot of playing by ear. I never got that far. So, okay, so okay. that was that, right. that was a legitimate yeah. question. You know, it's like that. well, there's there's an old joke, um, and they usually it usually applies to they say an electric guitar player. How do you get an electric guitar player to turn down his amp well you put sheet music in front of him <laughs> and that's true of me as well i you put sheet music in front of me and i can plunk through it but i tell you it's not going to be beautiful and i know people who are in fact this has happened many times in the studio beautiful piano i always record in nashville beautiful piano beautiful studio and i sit down and oh it's just gorgeous it sounds so good and then the real piano player comes in and then i vow to never actually play again after hearing what he sounds like you know on that instrument so it's it's so funny. I have a, a really good friend who um, she used to play at our church. Mm-hmm. Can't she can read a little bit of music, uh-huh. but not really. And yeah. and she plays beautifully. Mm. But she plays beautifully mm. by yeah. ear. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I I just drool when, when, <laughs> and and. and um, not on the same level, but she's like you. She's a singer songwriter, yeah, and, okay. and her pieces real always just touch my heart. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So, um, so I loved the testimony part in your story, hmm. where your Christian rock band mm-hmm. hired to have a, a and then that kind of all fell apart. But yeah, I loved yeah. the testimony at the end. Hmm. Well. And just to fill everybody in on on that, so the band I was with was a Christian band. Um, We moved from Idaho to Nashville. And part of the story is we honestly thought we were, we thought we were pretty great, right? And people around here liked us and and we'd recorded an album. We got there and very quickly realized, boy, we don't know much about writing songs. We know um, even less about performing and we know nothing about producing music. And so um, so we were very fearful that anyone would hear what we'd done and decide, well, that's that's all that they can do. And so we spent a couple of years really taking advantage of every opportunity in Nashville to learn about songwriting and to get better as performers and figure out how to connect with an audience better. All of those skills that are so important if you want your music to resonate with, with anyone. Um, and Nashville is a place to do that. It's a songwriting and performing community. It's just, it was fantastic for us. Um, and so, you know, got a publishing deal, which was great. It meant I could quit my day job and do music full-time we toured a hundred and almost 150 dates a year pretty regularly for quite a while um and um eventually this um record deal happened and uh while we were on tour um there was kind of a takeover of the entire company and um all the people that we had worked with and who were really invested in us, they were gone overnight and this is a really common story in the music industry um and so we um we found ourselves tied to a company that wasn't interested in songs about faith. And so we had to navigate for a couple of years being with a company that um, wanted us to be a pop band instead. And as as much as we we wanted to play along and we didn't really have any choice, they owned us, you know, um, it was very frustrating to not get to do the thing that we felt called to do. We just yeah. couldn't do it. But during that two-year time period, one of the great things that we realized later was 
we are in the room over and over and over with people who've never even met a Christian before. Um, and so whatever seeds might have been planted during that time, um, we're just hopeful that God did something with it because it was not a good time for our career. In fact, it kind of ended the band. We, we were done at the end of that, which led to, for me, a season of who am I and what, what do I want to continue trying to be a songwriter and a musician? This is a really unstable kind of career. You, you, yeah. you, you might go on tour and make you know considerable money and then a couple of months of no income at all, right? It's a really, so I took a job at a food bank, which was fantastic. Uh, I loved having this um, steady paycheck. I loved the benefits. Wow, having insurance was amazing. <laughs> I'd never had that before. Um, and uh, the people that I worked with were all there because they wanted to serve people who were in need, right? And so what a great team to be a part of. Um, I loved being home on the weekends, really being able to plug into my church. And just it, in so many ways, it was just ideal. And I just had this continual nagging feeling of this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Now, if I'd had a really crummy job that I hated, of course I would have been thinking, boy, I want to be on tour again and I want to do my songs and I want to be in the studio. But I had a great job that I really could have, it could have been my career. It could have been my calling. Yeah. And even during that time, God, I think, was tugging at me saying, I put you here for a reason and this is a good thing. Yeah. Capital G, good thing. You're supposed to be doing something else. This, this is a season in your life, yeah, and then and you. Yeah. But but I'm, but the call is still on your heart. Yeah. It's just not yet. Well, the beautiful thing for me is that I, I, I listened to that instinct, and I decided I'm going to go ahead and continue writing. I'm going to make a record. I I made a record, and and a lot of the songs on that record were about. Um, uh, the same questions that I feel like I'm still wrestling with now. Can God actually be trusted? Can Is he faithful? Well, I've seen him be faithful in the past. And so because of that, I, I can choose to trust him in the future. Um, I, I remember sitting down with a friend of mine whose little boy had, had died. And at one year old, it was, it was a horrific, tragic situation. And I remember talking with him and he said, you know, I, I can't stop believing that God exists. I just can't believe right now that he cares because how could he let this happen? And I felt like the worst thing I could do right now is try to give him answers or try to fix it because I've been in that place before where good intended, you know, good intention um, Christians have tried to give me cliche bumper sticker solutions to problems that are bigger than that yeah. when all I need is for them to, you know, just put your arm around me and be Tell there. me you love me, you know. Be there. Walk with me. So yeah. I, I wanted to write some songs that kind of wrestled with some of that. And so it was interesting because I, I was really committed to not signing into the record deal because I'd been through that before and I just didn't want to withhold or I didn't want to, to, to lose control yeah. again and ownership. That makes sense. Um, and so uh, I, I knew that I couldn't have like no radio station is going to play an independent artist. Right. So I knew that that I didn't have radio as an option. Um, but I thought, well, if I can just get some. uh you know, some exposure. Some, so I sat down with a friend of mine who was in the industry and he listened to the record and he said, I think this record is great, but there are several songs that are too raw that Christian labels would not let you release. And I said, well, I, those are the ones I feel so strongly about. And truly, those are the ones that have ministered to people in mm -hmm. the most profound way. Mm -hmm. But he said, this little song at the end of your record, this praise song, I think radio would eat this up. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to actually do a little push to radio and see what happens. And um, my hope and my modest expectation was a few stations here and there. 
might play it. And if they do, then I can go to those markets. You know, if they play it in Atlanta, then I can probably book some shows down there or, or you know. Um, and that is the song that took off. It was uh, I Love You, Lord, the, the the old Maranatha worship song. It's such a sweet and simple song. My, my, my praise is a sweet sound in the ears of my God. What a beautiful thing to know that our Father is pleased by and, and, and loves when we when we worship him, when we come to him in prayer, when we um, it, when we involve him in our lives, that brings him pleasure. Just the way a father would be pleased by his you know his child um, coming to him with with his life, and and so that song resonated in a way that I didn't expect. Um, the doors flew open, and over the course of it was on the Billboard charts for nine months, which is crazy. It was one of my favorite oh, at the okay. time. I have All to right. be honest; okay. I, I didn't right. know you clearly then, but okay. it was one of my favorites because it spoke to my heart. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I, I'm so grateful for that, and it opened so many doors. It led to, I mean, honestly, I I had just moved back to Idaho right? Away from Nashville, which is the music headquarters for Christian right. music in particular, but um, moved to Emmett, which is not the music <laughs> center of the universe. And it's, you know, if geographically, it's difficult to tour from a, a, a place like Idaho. Um, and I thought, honestly, this is really the death knell for a music career. I've got to figure out what else I'm going to do. And right about then, the radio thing happened and it opened so many doors. It led to, um, I was able to tour a hundred dates or so a year for years. Um, it led to partnerships with uh, crew campus crusade for Christ and the Jesus film project. I did a lot of work with them for years. Um, it led to hosting a radio station on over or not a radio station, a radio show that was on about 300 radio stations, uh, for several years, which was great. Um, uh, got to travel all over the world. I think I'm on the wrong side of this table. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got to go to China. I think three times Africa, several times, um, uh, lots of places all over the world. And all because this little song happened to connect. And I've had so many other artists ask me, how did you make that happen? I did not make that happen. God made that happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I was so grateful that it did happen. And I worked really hard to, you know, to achieve that, but, um, it could not have happened without God saying, I, I want to open this door a little bit. And it led to a, a really significant season of ministry for me. And, you know, Connecting with the Jesus Film Project opened up um, uh, missions opportunities to me that I'd never even considered before. For a long time, my ministry became about helping people get involved with short-term missions. And so I recruited I, I also did child sponsorship. I, this little song opened the door to so many really meaningful um, opportunities for ministry. So that's... Let's fast forward to today before we sure. run out of time. Sure, sure, sure. sure. We, we talked about this oh, before. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like you and I are both talking. So yeah, we're talkers. We, we could do a month of episodes. <laughs> we may have to have you back. Okay. But let's right. fast forward to today because yeah. today you you recently released a brand new album. Yeah, I did. So let's talk about it. Well, that. I'm really excited about that, partly because I thought I was done. I, yeah. I, I thought as a songwriter, I had written my last song. There was, I mean, when I wrote for the publishing company in Tennessee, it was. 100 songs a year and not all of them were good you know but but here's what i've learned about um creative work um you your creative muscles need to be used or they atrophy and so my life had become incredibly busy we have a you know we have some property with animals on it cows and horses and sheep and goats and chickens and the whole nine yards um that you know takes some time to take care of um we have uh, you know i have a family um i have a church ministry that's you know pretty demanding and yes. um I started to realize I'm not writing at all anymore. 
And when I would try to write again, uh, those muscles were, they weren't in shape. And so it was excruciating and hard work. And I got to the point where I was maybe one or two songs a year. Yeah. Um, and and I thought, well, maybe I'm just done. Maybe maybe I have nothing new to say. And I had this experience where um, I was just noodling around on the piano and uh, working on a song, but you know, I'm not in any kind of disciplined way. I realized um, that this this lyric was kind of emerging, and the idea this, the lyric was, I know so much less than I used to. And I just I sat there and thought about that. I was like, that that's what I have to say right now is that this arrogance of youth and this certainty that I had all the answers and that that all of that had in my middle aged in, in my middle age that had started to erode um, and not in a kind of a, a deconstruction and I'm not sure I believe this stuff anyway it more of a okay there are things that that I have dogmas that I have latched onto uh, as if it's gospel yep. and I need to reconsider those things yep. and um, and so I started writing and that, that song is called what remains and the idea of it is that um, you know well the the chorus of it says I, I'm, I'm counting the cost of of all that I have gained I count it as loss compared to what remains which is a reference to my favorite scripture philippians chapter 3 where paul says you know um, i had all these things going for me but i count all of that as loss it's garbage literally it says um compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing christ jesus and Amen. that's that's where i'm finding myself a lot yeah. of those things are getting swept away uh and the core truths are are what really resonate for me now i'm wondering how much of that comes with the age because i find sure. the older i get the more often you know the phrase choose what hill you want to die on. Uh, yeah. But I but I find myself when I get up in arms and judgmental, I think I think we all as Christians do, I have to remind myself, is this going to impact their salvation? Sure. Is this yeah. is this the defining moment? Yeah. And and like you, I often find myself going, um, I know less than I used yeah, to. Because yeah, I, yeah. you know, it's I I I understand the grace better. Yeah. Well, so. this this new record, it's called Beautiful and Terrible, which comes from a, a Frederick Bickner quote where, where I, and I've seen this quote on social media many times, and it says, um, here's the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen, don't be afraid. The problem that I have with that quote is there is in the book, the next line, it says, do not be afraid. The next line says, I am with you. Now, everybody leaves that out of the of the quote. To me, that's the reason to not be afraid is because God is with me. And so thinking about that first record that I did and now this one, you know, almost 20 years later, I'm still wrestling with the same questions. Can God be trusted? Right. And so um, I there are a couple of songs on this record. Um, there's one called Building an Altar. And that song is about how, for me, I'm finding that I need to um, – metaphorically build an altar every time God has done something you know shown himself to be faithful in my life and I think about the uh, you know the when when God's people cross the Jordan River miraculously and then uh you know to take the the promised land how when they crossed God instructed them to take 12 stones from the riverbed and stack them up make an altar and then every time you see this stack of stones you're going to remember I did the impossible yeah God came through. Um, and then just a few short days later, they're, you know, laying siege to the city of, of Jericho. And um, I, I've always felt like it must have felt ridiculous on day five because they're not laying siege the way that uh, an army normally would. They, I've had that thought. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, uh, on day five, and, and I find myself living in that spot a lot of times of the promise has been made. I know God's trustworthy, but 
it's not been fulfilled yet. And I'm wondering, did I, did I hear you wrong? Or so, um, I'd, I'd love if we had a second to, we to play a little bit of well, building, building an altar is probably the song I want to share a little bit of just, uh, uh, that, you know, I, I've, I've got, I've got a need in my life to, um, continually remind myself that God is faithful and he can be trusted. Let's listen to that for just a minute. Got a stone in each hand, each one is a memory. Stack tight to remind me that you are faithful. Don't wanna fail to remember all the promises that you've made to me. Not gonna worry about what might be because you are faithful. You are faithful. I will not forget what you've done. I'm building an altar. I'm building an altar. I'm building an altar, I'm building an altar, I'm building an altar. So remembering God's faithfulness, that feels like a theme for me at this stage of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I could listen to that all day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, thank That's, you. I I have listened to the CD and I absolutely love it. Oh, you're very so, kind. Thank you very much. No, I'm not kind. I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't like it, I wouldn't say anything. Okay. Okay. Well, then that means even more. Thank <laughs> you very you much. So, 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 are you getting ready to tour again? Um, well, you know, it's been a. I, I was planning to release this record in 2020, and I was planning on touring. Um, obviously. Things got a little derailed, so. Um, oh, the great plague of 2020. Well, yeah, even <laughs> even now it's tricky to figure out how to tour. And and honestly, um, I don't know if this is something I should say publicly. I have run into in the last couple of years um, conferences that used to hire me to come and lead worship and do a concert or whatever. We're going to go a little younger this year, so that's that's beginning. I'm, I'm, you know, now I've hit my 50s. I'm older than you. Well, I'm just saying, but uh, here's here's something that's been really important to me for my entire um, career as a indie musician. My mantra, if I can use that word, is nobody owes me anything. And so if a radio station chooses not to play my song, I have to tell myself I'm not entitled to that. It's okay. If someone decides not to book me for their event or if a church doesn't want to have, it's okay. They don't owe me anything. And I have had to repeat that to myself many, many times in order to maintain some kind of sanity because you do very quickly start to feel like um you are entitled to things and uh and i, I don't want to live that way i want to i want to kind of you know well, i think those of us in ministry often think we're all on the same team and we're all fighting for yeah, the same thing yeah. and so why are they shutting me out yeah yeah so, sure yeah, sure sure but, but, but you're it can right get they very don't know personal me it can yeah. feel personal but but instead it's like you know what that means there's another door that i need to look for and i'm going to walk through that and and this is a very dif- different season of my music career than you know 15 years ago for sure but um but i think there's some really rich things that i'm going to get to be a part of because of these songs and because of the opportunities that are out there and honestly um not being able to tour as as easily um, has made me become more creative. I'm going to start doing live streams on my in my Facebook group. Um, I'm going to start doing um, kind of just more kind of virtual stuff. Which, you pick up the phone and call publishers of magazines. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. Absolutely. So I love it. So how can people get a copy of this album? Sure, you, sure. You have a very active Facebook page on <laughs> Facebook. Um, yeah. 
And I love that. It's a lot the, of fun. The Riganators, Agents of Scott. I know because I'm, I'm a Farrell and You're a Riganator, yeah. Welcome and, to the group. Hey, thanks. So, Welcome to the Christian Living family. Well, thank you. you thanks. You didn't know that now I will stalk you for oh, the rest of your life. Okay. But anyway. All right. Thanks for the warning. That's <laughs> so, good to know. So where can our listeners find your music and, and yeah. find where, where can they find you? Honestly, um, the way that people um, interact with music these days is so different. We used to like purchase music, right? And now we pay for access to music. And so it's on Spotify and it's on Apple and and Amazon and Google and wherever else, you know, um, Pandora, wherever else people can get music. If they want to purchase it, that is actually, like there's no... There's no income for me from Spotify. You have to have millions of listens before you see really anything. So, But if people want to support me, just to go to my website, scottriggan.com. Um, but it's also on Amazon and kind of everywhere that you normally would buy music. Um, it's not in any brick-or-mortar stores. That's just... Um, a really difficult thing to to make happen yeah. uh, anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that yeah, that's how they can find it. So especially scottriggan.com is a great place to go. And they can also get on my mailing list there. And there's a lot of free stuff that we do and fun things in the Riganators group. So so folks, it's R-I-G-G-A-N. Correct. Because I always try to misspell it. So. Well, I'll let you in on a secret. I bought domain names with all the common misspellings because <laughs> everyone always says Riggins. It yep. adds an S. There is no S on the end. Yep. But um, And as a kid, I thought it was because of John Riggins, the football player, right? And here in Idaho, we've got Riggins, Idaho. So yep. um, so I've learned not to be sensitive about the fact that nobody ever gets my name right. You get it right. But, there yeah. you go. Hey, folks, we're out of time. But if you'd like to read Scott's story in the magazine, it's still on the stands right now in over 600 locations all over central and southern and southwestern Idaho. Or if you're in your area, if you're out of the area, excuse me, you can read it online at christianlivingmag.com. That brings our time to an end this week. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Scott, thanks again for joining me Sandy, today. Sandy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.